All right, let's look at Psalm 10. Psalm 10 tonight. Psalm 10. And uh, we'll, read, we'll read that psalm. There, Psalm 10. It says this, <coughs> Psalm number 10. Psalm 10, verse 1. Why hidest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He crouches and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. Verse 12, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thy hand, forget not the humble. Wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? He has said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of his land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear, to judge the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may no more oppress. As we pray, uh, I just noticed I got a text from Sister Judy. They changed her medicine or something. And so uh, pray for her, but uh, I'm sure she's listening in. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace, and we think of the prayer requests that were mentioned, Lord, and we commit those things to you. Think of uh, Sister Judy tonight. Please touch her and Sister Muxlow, <coughs> Brother Muxlow, as they had to go home. Lord, we think of the Thomases as they're uh, traveling and taking a vacation. Please watch over them, keep them safe, and <coughs> Lord, help them to uh, be refreshed as they're uh, traveling, enjoy their uh, time together. Lord, thank you for the praises that we heard tonight, Lord, for uh, touching John and Lydia's daughter and uh, Sister Aguilar, Lord, uh, uh, just uh, meeting uh, needs there. And Lord, uh, Sister uh, Angela, uh, getting, to make, uh, them getting to make a new memory with her father, continue to bless them as well. And Lord, these other things, Lord, even the unspoken, uh, dear Lord, you know the things and burdens upon people's hearts or Lord, the direction they need in certain areas, Lord, please uh, give them what they need. Lord, be with us, Sonny, uh, with uh, this appointment coming up and uh, what's going on there, please, Lord, watch over him and uh, Sister Pitt and uh, <coughs> Sister Juanita Clark and Sister Juanita Barnett and Lord, Sister Carpenter and uh, others, dear God, we just want to remember uh, one another in prayer. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture, and Lord, as we are reminded of the world that we live in, but also, Lord, as we think about the world we live in, we can be encouraged by the God we abide in. 
And so if we just rest in the God and we abide in, we can survive the world we live in. So help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as uh, we go down through this psalm, it gives you a pretty good uh, description, of, of course, of the wicked. We know that we live in a world full of trouble and full of wickedness. But as God's children, like I just said a moment ago, hey, the reason we can get uh, through a, wick, a wicked world we live in is because, amen, of the God we abide in. So as God's children, we have the comfort in the fact that our God is always in control and will deal with all things righteously in His perfect time. Notice again, verse 1 says, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? Now, <laughs> the word here used for trouble uh, really refers to a type of trouble that has to do with people, right? You know, a lot of times we think about things going on, not necessarily trouble with things, not necessarily having a, a health problem, so we've got to deal with those as well. But certainly the majority of us would agree that most trouble happens in our life what, because of people. People. You know, like we, like we say, you know, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people, right? <laughs> it's a Preacher's joke, I'm sure you've heard that before. Okay, don't look at me that way, right? So, of course, but the life, but of course, it's about people. We got to deal with people, and so we're going to have problems with people. And of course, the people I have the most trouble with is self. So, I should, guess I should say person, right? It's self, but people, people. But as long as we're in this world, right, that's the way it's going to be in a world full of trouble. The psalmist says, it seems as if God is not there. And at first glance, it may be appear, feel like God has withdrawn himself sometimes. But again, we know it's not so. And there are times when it seems like uh, God is further away than we ever thought he could or would be. But we know he knows, of course, always where we're at and exactly what we're, we're going through. And, you know, I was, as we think about that, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about that thought all week from uh, uh, John the other day where, you know, where Jesus was getting arrested, how he knew when to use the power and when he knew would uh, withhold uh, his, his power. And he does that as we go through things. But uh, uh, Job 23.10 goes right along with the song we sang, He knoweth the way that I take. And so he knows where I am every moment. And of course, uh, God is using the things in the world, even relationships in the world, uh, as a purging influence in our life. Of course, the world wants to pollute our life, but God wants to purge our life. And so God is not trying to hurt us or destroy us, but of course, we know He's always building us. John 17, John 17, that great prayer of the Lord reminds us that John 17, Verse, beginning verse 14 says this, as the Lord prays, I have given them thy word. And we're so thankful he did. And the world hath hated them. Why? Because we're not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, he said. And so I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Right, keep them from evil, Lord. Uh, even in the model prayer, it talks about being kept from evil, Lord. Protect. You know, one of the when I pray every day, one of my prayers is, Lord. I think I pray this every day, Lord. Today, protect me from my own heart. <laughs> I pray that every day. I said, Lord, every day, 
I pray, Lord, protect me from the weakness of my own heart. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, that's, that's really what we ought to be praying. You know, we say, Lord, protect us from other people. But again, you know, we have problems with people, but the biggest people, right, is self. Lord, protect me from my own heart. And the Lord, of course, protect us from what's out there. Right. They, the Lord says they are not of the world. He's and I'm not of the world, but sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that's why he gave it to us. Right. To sanctify us and work in our life. And he can use, of course, uh, things in the world um, as a sandpaper, if you will, to work off the rough edges. I was uh, I was thinking about that. You know, uh, I think some people he had to use a grinder, but, uh, you know, some people he just need a little sandpaper. Uh, well, you know, this person isn't too bad. Maybe just a little sandpaper here, a little touch up there. Oh, this guy, huh? Get out. I'm sure I required a grinder. I'm sure most of you just required, uh, uh, you know, a very soft sandpaper. I saw that, Sister Pam. I saw that. I saw that, right? But, right, uh, we are left in the world to witness to others, right? So we're not in the world or of the world, but listen, we're here because the world needs us. It needs us to shine as lights, right, and to be the salt that this world needs. We're left in the world to witness to others, of course, concerning the world to come, and uh, God is conforming us to the image of His Son while we are in this world. What a wonderful thing that is. But while we're here, right, though we're in the world, not of the world, and because we're here, we can't avoid uh, uh, dealing uh, with the wicked. So let us look at this passage and uh, look at with the wicked which we have to deal. We may not be, again, of them, but we certainly have to be aware of them and deal with them. And God prepares us to live and deal with a real world. You know, I was thinking about this today as, as I was reading it. And, you know, it's, of course, it's heartbreaking as parents. You know, we're wanting to raise our children right. We're wanting to uh, protect our children and all those things. But, you know, one day we, we, know, we know they reach an age we got to have certain talks with them and we got to have certain warnings to them because we got to let them know there's a real world out there. And it's, you know, it's heartbreaking when we think about that. And, you know, now I think about my grandchildren as I pray for my grandchildren every day, you know, and it's, uh, I'm glad they're enjoying their childhood and I'm glad they have parents that love them and all those things. But, you know, as we, we think about the reality of having to, uh, you know, face and uh, warn our children about the real world is out there. But thank God, again, we have a real God that prepares us and helps us deal with a real world. And, of course, uh, we've seen even in our lifetime that we could become bolder and bolder uh, in their wickedness. You know, and Satan, of course, uses the world to pollute us. He wants to pollute uh, our children. And, of course, uh, God uh, works things out. and He can turn around to purge us and help us. Just looking at some of these verses, uh, I'm just going to sort of highlight them. But if you went through these verses, you see verse 2 says, The wicked, they like to persecute the poor. Now, it's not just necessarily talking about those without money, but those that, uh, that are weak and unable to fend uh, themselves, right? They love to uh, mistreat the people. And they love to, it says, verse 3 says this, For the wicked boasteth of his desire's heart. Boy, don't we see that more and more, how blatant are they out there? And they say, you know, they don't care. They're, you know, they're, they're in your face uh, with their sin. The world like never before has an in-your-face 
attitude about their sin. But the, 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 the thing about it is not just the people doing it, but the, the, the people that are uh, complicit. I mean, when would you ever think that, you know, uh, if you want to say average parents would take their little children to some of the things they take their children to? I mean, that, that, I mean, you know, I'm not shocked that, that these, I mean, uh, that these wicked sinners are acting like wicked sinners. I'm shocked that, if you will, average people are taking their children to see some of the things that they uh, uh, go them to see and, and promote that. Or people get the, uh, the attitude that, well, you know, as long as it's not happening right in front of me. I was talking to uh, somebody, uh, might have been <laughs> yesterday or whenever it was, they're about, you know, they're, uh, I don't, they're, they're, I think it's pretty clear they're not saved, but they were talking about, you know, their religion. We got talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, homosexuals, uh, you know, some are allowing priests and then, uh, and all that stuff. And you know what they said? They said, well, hey, I don't care if my denomination allows that up in New Hampshire, as long as it's not at my church. I mean, that's what, that's what he said. And, and, you know, because, and, you know, he knows independent. He said, oh, you guys probably don't let uh, women preach either, do you? I said, no. Mm-mm. He's like, oh, I don't want to hear anymore. I said, well, what's your authority? I said, my authority is the word of God. I said, my authority is the word of God. I said, it's not about what I think or what I like. I said, my authority is the word of God and whatever the word of God teaches on a subject. I said, that's what I, that's what I make a decision by. I can't just say it's not affecting me. Well, what about my nation? What about that? You know, but that's how. You know, but that's how it starts off. You remember the politicians saying, well, you know, maybe I wouldn't do that and whatever, you know. And those same politicians today are promoting it. And so it's just wicked. They boasteth of his heart's desire. It says they will not seek after God. Matter of fact, they mock God. Verse 4, they will not seek after God. It says their ways are, verse 5, says his ways are always grievous. That means to cause others to fear uh, and to shake. They, 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 they uh, laugh about it, and they don't care how it affects others. And then they're blatant. It says, verse 6, I shall not be moved. In other words, you are not going uh, to get me to change. I'm enjoying my sin. Verse 7, their mouth is full of cursing. Right? Uh, verse uh, 8 and 10. Notice this. It says, He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. Notice that same. Murdereth the innocent. Boy, I, I, I just, I was a, I'm not a big TV watcher, but if I watch something, I, uh, I, I like watching the, the, the crime shows and how they solve those. But I, I was watching, uh, was it a, a 2020? And it was about these friends, Right? And these two friends, right, I guess they grew up, well, it was three friends, they grew up together, two boys and a girl, right? And the, the, uh, um, the boys, they had grown up with this girl their whole life. They went up to school together, in high school together. And they just, got this, they just decided that they were going to kill this girl that they'd grown up with their whole life. Innocent, just their friend. They'd grown up with her. They'd, they'd been hanging out together their whole life. And just some evilness got in one of the boys, and he conspired with the other boy. Now the one boy killed. And, uh, and then the other, his friend just helped him, uh, you know, dis- dispose of. And then they had, they, had, they had a friend that went to school with him, 
that, uh, you know, he, he, he liked to make movies and stuff, right? He liked the video stuff. And so uh, he, uh, he, he got talking to the one guy that did it, and, and he, he got him to confess to him like he didn't know that he was filming it. You know, and they, this kid, I mean, just barely out of high school, was like so nonchalant about how he, how he killed this innocent girl. But just over his house, her being completely thing because they've been friends her whole life. But you just see the evil, the evil and how, how, how the devil just gets in and uh, destroys. And boy, that's how, that's how the devil is. The devil does not care. Sin does not care. He sitteth in the lurking places. He's just like that line, just waiting to pounce and destroy a life, like it says in the New Testament. In the secret places does he murder the innocent. And also, you know, uh, that's a good verse for abortion as well. Matter of fact, there was something about the, the Greenville uh, uh, abortion clinic, I guess, that David was talking about in, on, on uh, Fox News. I saw something about it. He lieth in wait, verse 9, he lieth in wait secretly as a lion is den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth not catch the poor when he draweth him in his net. He crouches and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. The boy just out there ready to destroy a life. And he saith in his heart, God hath forgotten. Ah, God's too busy. He doesn't care that we're out here living in sin. This is the kind of wicked world we live in. And this is the kind of wickedness and wicked people with which we deal. But what it comes down to is most people in the world just don't care. They don't care about sin. They don't care about others. They don't care about God. But again, this is why he left us here. This is why he let we see that and it breaks our heart. But you know what? This is why we're here. This is why we're here, right? They don't care, but it's our job to care. It's our job to care about how sin is destroying lives, how sin is destroying our nation, and to care about what God thinks about it and to try and be a witness to the people. So how do we stay strong and faithful in such a world and among such wickedness? Well, again, remembering where he brought us from. Uh, right? One of my favorite verses, you know, we think about all this wickedness in the world, but one of my favorite verses says what? Such were some of you. And so we understand the power of the gospel. When trouble comes to the believer, the first thing we need to do is consider our salvation. Don't focus on the fact the world is wicked and it's never going to change. Focus on the fact that you're saved and that's never going to change. Well, isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to, I was uh, talking to a guy uh, yesterday and uh, he was, he grew up in a different type of, of church or whatever. And he said, well, I don't believe in all that once saved, always saved stuff and everything. I said, well, what's the, what's the Bible say? I said, you know, the reason you don't understand that because you look at, you think salvation is the relationship. I know salvation is a position, right? I said, when my children, I said, I have three children in my family and their position is my child. And the only requirement to be, have that position was to be born into my family. That's the, that was the only requirement. As soon as they were born into the family, they took up the position, that's my child. Right? That's it. And after that, right, 
What they did was the relationship. We've been, that allowed them to have that relationship with me, that special relationship. But the only requirement was to be born in my family. And I said, that's the only requirement of the family of God. You get saved, you take up that position. Nothing can affect that. But I shared some things with them, and you can just see things. Well, I've never heard it that way. I never thought about it. I said, yeah, you know, the Bible makes real things, things real clear if you just read it and focus on that. But focus on your salvation. If you're a child of God, nothing can take salvation from you. John 10, 27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of man. I used this verse yesterday when I was witness to him. I said, because you guys think God's holding you in the hand and you can pry his finger open and jump out, you know? So I put something in my hand. I said, you know, hey, what's in my hand? I put some in my hand. I said, what's in my hand? You said, keys. I said, no, that's on my hand. I said, you know what? I've dropped my keys. I've dropped other things I was carrying. I said, but I've, been, I've never walked down the road and said, oh, man, what happened to my finger? Oh, I dropped it back here. I've never been following somebody and said, oh, sir, is this your thumb laying here? No, uh-uh. I said, we're bone of his bone and we're flesh of his flesh, right? We're secure in him. It says, my father gave me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I am my father one. Our salvation is secure. So consider your salvation. Hey, the world's never going to change. Well, you know what? My salvation's never going to change, and I need to let them know they can have that salvation. Develop a grateful heart. The devil wants us to think that God is not, has not been good to us because of some of the things we face when trouble comes. But always have a grateful heart. Ingratitude is a garden in which only bad and negative things can grow. Staying grateful. Staying grateful keeps our spirit attitude and reaction right and gives place for the right things to prosper in our testimony. Can you think of something you're grateful tonight? So important to stay grateful. Job 23, 6 says this, will he plead against me with his power? I love this verse. No, but he would put strength in me. He would put strength in me. When I'm going through trouble, I go to him and he'll give me the strength that I need. Right? Consider your salvation. Develop a grave heart and seek counsel from God. In times of trouble, do not run from the Lord, but run to the Lord and seek him. Isaiah 55, 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near and he's always near. And then listen for God's voice. God will speak to you in your time of trouble. When your life's troubled, you know, I was, uh, uh, you know, talking to, to, to somebody today, probably Brother Wood. You know, I said, you know, uh, even, even as we go things, even when we, you know, know it's the will of God, you know, again, doesn't mean it, it's always easy. And I think, you know, here it is, man, I, this, your, your, your mind's going here, your emotions are going here and that. But I just, man, it's just wonderful to know that when you're in the will of God, there's just that underlying peace. It is well, amen. And he's got everything under control. Right? Trust the Lord. First Samuel 3, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Listen for that precious, still, small voice. And then trust the work of the Lord. The Bible says in verse 12, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thine hand, and forget not the humble. What does God do in response to all this? Look at that verse again. Verse 12, Arise, O God, lift up thine hand, and forget not thy humble. Boy, as all this world is going its way, and it's promoting wickedness, and it's promoting sin, know that God is in control. Amen. And it says, lift up thine hand. One day, right, God is going to lift up his hand, 
and he's going to say to the world, that is enough. And he's going to come back and he's going to rule and reign. One of these days, God's going to lift up his hand and say to the world, that's enough. And he's going to come back and take over. And uh, as you read through these verses, verses uh, uh, 13 through 18, we finish up here. Wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? He has said in his heart, thou will not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite to requit it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked. What is he saying there, Lord? Take away their strength. Take away their strength. Take away their ability to do this evil and seek out wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever. And reminded, he's in control. The heathen are perished out of this land. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble, that will prepare their heart, that will cause thine ear to hear, to judge the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may no more oppress. And so we hear that God says that his work is going to bring the wicked to judgment. The wicked think they will get by, but God will perform his work of judgment in his perfect time. So put your faith and confidence in God that he will do what only he can do. So we have to live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. But we're here to show the world that, hey, listen, there's a better life. There's a better way, and we can be a witness to them. So keep your ear in tune to his voice. Be encouraged. God uses all things to conform us to the image of his dear son, Jesus and be reminded that nothing escapes his eye, and it all comes to light in the by and by. Let's pray.